so part one in the books part two beginning right now for covering the commonwealth and a wrap and maybe a look ahead as well to start it off yep we're copying this idea covering the commonwealth a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them Let's start with the Lynchburg Hillcats. Jason Prill, play-by-play broadcaster for the Lynchburg Hillcats. With us here in the fast lane, Jason Lynchburg. They secured their first full season winning record since 2018 on Saturday. And Sunday, they get a walk-off victory. Those are the bright spots of the weekend against the Kannapolis Cannonballers. The not-so-bright spot is it just wasn't enough to make it into the playoffs for the Lynchburg Hillcats. Um, but your level of excitement, having seen what you saw over the course of this year and the takeaway for fans who were able to make it out to the final homestand. Yeah, I think the excitement level should be at a very high mark. I think the next couple of years we're going to see some incredible prospects coming through the organization and even some guys returning from this past season, just knowing who's all in. The Guardians organization, they have a lot of young guys uh, who either just drafted right out of high school or coming up from the Dominican that are going to be making their way through, including some of the guys that we saw this past week against Kannapolis. They're going to be coming back for a full season next year, uh, and it'll be a fun time. I have high hopes and expectations for 2024. Jess Prill 19 is where you can connect with him, a convenient opportunity for us to play our other soundbite. Now to the Liberty Flames. The Liberty Flames, because he is in the studio for Liberty Flames football games, and Jason Prill happens to still be on the line with us. He hasn't given us the dial tone just yet here in the fast lane. Liberty, they're 2-0. How impressed are you now with what you've seen in the early going of Jamie Chadwell's tenure, particularly the ability to control the game with their ground game and their offensive attack? Well, I've been very impressed so far with what Jamie Chadwell's been able to do. I know I understand the first game is always going to be a little bit rough, uh, rough with a, a new coach and bringing in and installing a new system. But I think the other day we really started to see what the potential could be for this Flames football squad. Uh, it can put up a lot of points. It can move very quickly. And not just the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side, very opportunistic. And that's just going to help carry them further and further into the season. Jazz Pearl 19. Jason Prell, broadcaster with us in the Fast Lane Studios for the Liberty Flames. That's where he's doing his work now. Previously, as of yesterday at least, uh, when the season wrapped up for the Lynchburg Hillcats. Jason, thank you for your time, and we look forward to chatting again. Absolutely. Anytime, Ed. Now to NASCAR. Steven Stump, frontstretch.com with us and wrapping up the weekend at Kansas. Steven, was that race more about who didn't survive? Martin Truex Jr. with the early tire issue, Bubba Wallace with issues that popped up later in the race, as opposed to who actually did survive, including the victor who punched his ticket to the second round officially, Tyler Reddick. It was a bit of both. Obviously, as we saw, Truex had Truex's day went bad from the start with the, t- the flat tire and then the crash on lap three. You know, it was also looking like uh, Bubba Wallace, who won the race a year ago, looking like he was in a he picked up where he left off, but then he had it two, and then um, with six laps to go, it was Busher who crashed, I believe, out of a twelfth place to finish twenty seventh. So those three got the short end of six, but it was also the race was also a matter of you know having a really good car. So it was Larson who dominated the first half. Then it looked to be Brad Kozlowski in the middle. Then it was the Toyotas of Denny Hamlin and Tyler Reddick that pulled away. 
And while Hammond looked to be looked to be winning without a caution, the, the Busher caution set up some split strategy. Some drivers took two. Suarez took none. Um, Ham was the first off at four, but with a two-lap shootout, it was Reddick that was able to navigate the traffic the best to uh, pass the leaders three wide at the white flag and take the victory. Steven Stump with us here in the fast lane from frontstretch.com. It's Steven underscore Stump on his social media platform. Steven, I'll be honest, I looked at the sports books today to see if they might give me a juicy price on Martin Truex Jr. to win the championship because he has to have a really good running at uh, Bristol and maybe have some things happen to someone else. They're not taking the bait on that one. Are you? Are you of the belief that Martin Truex Jr. will get this thing turned around, or is he going to be this year's surprise early elimination from the playoffs? So, well, Truex certainly has not had the first great two weeks to start the playoffs. He's not. It's not like he's completely in the must-win situation at Bristol. Right now, he's he's 13th. He's seven points below the cut, so that's at least a manageable gap. And as we know, Bristol can be pretty chaotic sometimes. So I believe that as you know, as long as he has a he he, run, he has a run like and has the speed that he has had all season, and just points his way to the end. I feel like he can point his way in. But it's also a matter of, you know, it's the last great Coliseum. It's 500 laps under the lights of Bristol. Um, trouble might befall them again. After all, um, Truex finished last at Bristol last year because of a mechanical failure. So if I, I, my, I guess my belief is that if he is able to have a solid, clean day, I believe he points his way in and moves on to the next round. But if he has more, if he runs into more trouble, then his, uh, his playoff hopes are done. Some NASCAR fans struggle to understand the concept. I get it. It's kind of like March Madness with the idea of survive and advance, except it's the NASCAR playoffs, not the NCAA tournament. Someone who does more than survive. He thrives at frontstretch.com and Steven underscore stump on his social media platform. Steven, thank you for some time with us today. Drive safely wherever you are. It sounds like you may be dealing with some of that inclement weather that's been in our country lately. Yep, a little bit of rain, but it's all good. So, but thank you for having me on. Our pleasure. Steven Stumpf with us here in the Fast Lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMAM Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team playing over Maryland. Or is it Ashburn, Virginia? Well, it is Ashburn, Virginia for the most part. But yesterday they were in Landover, Maryland. And the lady who was there and very busy, which is why we need to get her thoughts, is Candy Waller of Seawall Sports Entertainment. I was about to go with Corita Parks. You got a shout out uh, from a couple of national news outlets. But her coverage, Corita's, was with the Baltimore Ravens. Whereas Candy Waller's was with the Washington Commanders. And the debut of the Josh Harris era at FedEx Field. Festivities, fervor, excitement, and an outcome that Trey and I predicted. And we'll get to gloat about Friday when we keep our receipts and our votes of confidence. In the words of Deion Sanders, we coming. Oh, yeah. And we got receipts on this, too, uh, at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, she's always got receipts at CEO Seawall and Seawall SE, social media platforms, for Candy Waller with us in the Fast Lane. Seawall, what was the overall vibe and atmosphere like in Washington, or I guess Landover, Maryland, to be technical about it, for the victory yesterday against the Cardinals in Game 1 of the new ownership regime? I have shared with so many people that I have never, ever seen, heard, felt, 
FedEx field in Landover, Maryland that way ever. Um, not on a game day Sunday. Maybe when Beyonce is in town, but not when, but not, <laughs> not on a game day Sunday. The entire lower bowl of the stadium was completely filled with burgundy and gold by noon. A whole hour before the game started. It was incredible. All of the alumni that came back, it was a really super great atmosphere. And it translated into a victory for the commanders. Um, are you discouraged because it was not all that aesthetically appealing? Or is that the nature of an early season game and you take it with a grain of salt knowing that, hey, there are plenty of teams that look sloppy in week one, but if you're 1-0, it's better than 0-1. You know, I'm 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 going to be honest with you guys as I always am. I'm nervous. I am not used to seeing them even look like that. I'm used to normally saying in previous years, okay, they practice how they play, right? And in previous years, we I've seen them. The way they practice is what they look like on Sunday. In this case, the way they practice absolutely did not looked like that yesterday. I really think maybe it was a case of the week one jitters. Surprisingly, a lot of these guys, I think all of them have never seen the stadium filled that way, especially with Commanders fans. And I think there just may have been some nerves there that folks had to work out and get through those kinks. That's a good point. And especially concerning was the offensive line. And I believe you mentioned this as well on your Twitter handle, Candy, uh, from yesterday about the offensive line play being probably the biggest concern in the early going and validating those concerns. Um, Did you see anything over the course of the game or is that something that fans are going to hold their breath on for much of the year or at least the early going? They're going to have to figure out how to hold up. My concern was... I knew it was a concern. It was, I want to see how long the offensive line can hold up. It seemed like they could only hold up for that first half or so, which hurt because that's where the offense missed some opportunities. We saw um, Logan Thomas with some drops, but Logan Thomas also did not play in the preseason due to the injury. So he was for certain probably working out some kinks. And then Sam Howell, I just, he was doing some Sam Howell things that we're not used to seeing. We did see him autocorrect and recover, but that loss of opportunities early on hurt them, and it really wore the offensive line out. I think they held up as long as they could, and then they were kind of getting demolished there in the second half. Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment with us here in the Fast Lane. Seawall, commanders are off to Denver. Your insight as well will be taking on uh, a new level, a mile high level when Washington gets ready to go out to Denver. Are you expecting another rock fight from a Sean Payton team that uh, seems to be more reliant on that ground and pound attack and defense first? Are we expecting maybe a first to 20 wins the game? I'm still thinking that the commanders need to find a way to win. The Denver Broncos did lose, I believe, by a point yesterday, so they will be looking for a win at home in front of their home crowd. This is going to be interesting. I think both of these coaching staffs have a lot to prove. We for sure know that Russell Wilson, on the other end of the field, there has a ton to prove after the season he had last year. So it's really too hard for me to tell, but I know both teams are taking Week 2 very serious. Broncos country. Let's ride. Oh, my gosh. Really, Trey? That's how we have to end the fast lane? Well, Seawall, thank you for providing some sanity for us. We appreciate all of your congratulations. And uh, before we let you go, I thought it was awesome that your dad stopped by to see you yesterday and you shared that moment with us on your social media platforms. I hope you still are able to beam with excitement of uh, him greeting you as you kick off yet another year of covering the Commanders and, uh, again, providing great insight for us here in the fast lane and on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.
Absolutely. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. It was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting to see him morning of week one, but it definitely helped to get, get my day started on the right foot. Indeed it did. Well, she wraps up our day on the right foot. Candy Waller with us in the fast lane. We're back tomorrow afternoon, five to six more on the Hokies, Who's, Flames, and everything else going on in sports. Tomorrow in the fast lane, 5 to 6 on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Now it is time, belated but better late than never, to go briefly to the Zach Elb Show before Monday Night Football takes over, weather permitting at this rate, because it's important to bring up Buffalo at the New York Jets.